out there operating without any decent restraint, totally beyond the pale of any acceptable human conduct. CPR Street Gang, standing by, over. Charging a man with murder in this place was like handing out speeding tickets at the Indy 500. It's good to be here. This is Speaking Out America. I'm your host, JR, where we talk facts and we talk truth, truth smack. And it's a big day today because the former President Trump is headed to East Palestine. Talk about a cluster F. I think we did a podcast about that a little while ago, about how East Palestine is a metaphor for America. Really, it is. The way that Biden is, is and I read an article last week about that the reason that Biden and Pete Buttigieg, the Department uh, Secretary of Transportation, uh, that they're not really going into this is because they don't like the people that are there. It's very red. It's a very red area of Ohio. And that's their position is we don't help our enemies. That's what it seems like. I mean, they're really blowing this. Anyway, so Trump's going to go there. And he's going to, you know, I've heard stories about Trump being somewhat generous. He gives money to people, but he doesn't let people know. Like, it's not like he does it to brag. Isn't that interesting? He brags about everything else, but he is known for helping people out financially and, and telling them, don't tell anybody I did that. I've heard a couple of different stories from a couple of different people. So when you hear that, you kind of figure, okay, I get it. Uh, maybe there's maybe a, under that rough exterior, uh, he's a decent fellow. All right, so I've often said to you that when it comes to climate change, you always have to follow the numbers. Wrote a great article about this on my website, which is speakingoutamerica.com, which also, by the way, houses my podcast and my radio shows. Everything you need is there. My articles are there. I just posted another one this morning. I hope you'll read it. It's all about the Ukraine war and going to war, which we will cover here in a minute. I'm going to make some predictions. I don't like making predictions. They usually turn out to be right because I have a real instinct for this stuff. I do. Uh, I, I predicted that Kamala Harris would be in the White House. I knew because I read the early stuff. See, if you get there before the party shows up and you read about things that are going on, you, you get information that other people don't get. Like, for example, you know, you're not being told about why we're going to war with Ukraine. You think it's all about the territorial dispute. But what you don't know is that this goes back to 2014, 2015. And there's been a whole lot of conflict going on there. And this is Biden's opportunity to make a tremendous uh, kinship with donors for the next elections because he's going to need it. And it's the same old song and dance. Another war. I mean, it was a break when Trump was in office because, my God, you know, we weren't in war. Afghanistan ended. It was a horrible experience for everybody. I mean, I'm glad it ended, but it could have ended on a much better note. And, and Biden just screwed it up. And the sad thing is that millions of lives are affected by him. There are a lot of young girls right now that have no freedom in Afghanistan because of the way Biden handled things. Maybe it's an inevitability. Maybe it's not our problem. There's that argument. But in this case with Ukraine, we're going to own that piece of real estate. There's no question that we are, you might as well just rename it the United States of Ukraine. 
That's our 51st state. Truly. This is the, we want that position. We want that geopolitical position. Now, you can make a choice on whether or not you believe in American hegemony. Ron Paul and Roger Waters and some others, notable journalists, were in, I think it was Washington yesterday. I can't remember, but they did a protest. And MSNBC's Rachel Maddow called it a white supremacist rally because they're protesting against furthering this war. They didn't say that to the people in the 1960s when they were protesting against Vietnam, were they? Were they calling them white supremacists? Why is it now, why is it with these things, whether it's COVID or trans ideology, why is it there's only one legitimate position? You ever think about that? How is it, why is it wrong to say, wait a minute, maybe we shouldn't be sending $112 billion worth of arms to Russia. Maybe our president shouldn't be going over there talking as if he's rallying his own troops in Poland this week. He looks like a warmonger, and, and, and he's doing it under the guise of it's just, you know, we're fighting for freedom. But yet, you know that's not true, because if it was about a territorial dispute, we wouldn't have 5 million extra migrants in this country today because of illegal crossings that Joe Biden all but sponsored. I mean, he basically did, he's basically doing now to the migrants coming through from Mexico uh, what he did with Kamala. He lifts the rope, you know, the rope so you can sneak in. He's doing that. He's lifting ropes. That's what he does. Backroom deals. Mr. Biden, can we have another uh, $20 billion for weaponry? Sure. But we're going to own you. You're going to be our bitch when all this is done. You will never not see uh, uh, a day when U.S. soldiers aren't present in your country. Ipso facto, you are never going to not have a U.S. presence of military in your country, ever. We own you. Unless, of course, you can pay us back. And, and oh, by the way, you're not going to rebuild Ukraine with renewable energy either. Speaking of renewable energy, I just want to point this out. Again, I'm not against good environment. I love good environment. I've always been a proponent of clean air, clean water, and clean streets. Okay? That's just, you know, I am mindful of what I consume, unlike a lot of my hypocrite friends who want to, you know, separate garbage day in, day out, but they consume 10 times more, it seems, than other people. They don't have any problem with consumption, but boy, they're going to separate their, their cans from their bottles and their paper just to make themselves feel good. I'm sorry, but that's what people do. They, they, they consume without thinking that everything they're consuming has to go to waste, but somehow they're virtuous because they separate the waste that comes from their consumption. And in the same way, what we're doing now with this conversion to EVs, California 2030, they want all new vehicles to be sold, only electric vehicles. It's the same in New York. I think they're, they're vying for the same uh, Washington state. You know, I mean, you know, the, the usual players, Austin, Texas, you know, I don't think Texas as a state will ever mandate, but you can bet that the people of Austin or the leadership of Austin will probably come up with some way of taxing you. I think in one state, I think it's either Washington or maybe Portland, they want to charge you more money 
depending on your mileage, your carbon impact fee. They want to tax you. They want to tax heavy drivers. Might even be L.A. But anyway, it's all about this idea of saving the planet, right? But the problem is, is that when we try to do a good thing, the road to hell is paved with good intentions because we already know now, and I had an argument with my son about this, it takes a lot of raw material to make an electric vehicle. The battery itself needs nickel, lithium, uh, cobalt. Those are three minerals that have to be dug up from the ground in large portions in order to extract a small amount, like looking for gold. So, for example, in Congo, which is uh, the country in northeast Africa, it is the wealthiest resources for uh, lithium. Or is it nickel? Oh, it's cobalt. Cobalt. And the Chinese basically cornered the market in Congo. Uh, they own the factories where they go and dig for the cobalt. And the cobalt is attracting young people, kids, or mothers, because there are a lot of poor people in Congo. And it's a cheap way for they, these young kids as old as three to get out there and start digging in the mines for cobalt. It's very similar in the way that you would dig for gold. You're basically panning, panning it through streams. And then you get the, the minerals and you save them and then you put them in a little pile and then that little pile gets bigger because there's a thousand people doing this every day. That cobalt gets shipped to factories around the world where they use it to build batteries for electric vehicles. But we don't see that. It's the old NIMBY, not in my backyard. Just like when we were having Nigeria and, and other places in the world that were pumping our cheap crude, but we weren't, we weren't being told that you know workers in Nigeria or land was being destroyed or exploited because we don't have the regulatory environmental controls over there that they China doesn't have any remorse over all the pollution they put into the environment. But yet they're the ones profiting from cobalt sales, from lithium, which they get. Uh, is it lithium? And there's another ingredient, too. And now there's a dark side of green in Indonesia. There's a city there, which I think is called... Let me see if I can find it here. It's like Tabao. I'll get to it in a minute. But anyway, there's an entire seaport city of about a million people who have had their uh, their city turned upside down. It was turned into a giant factory. The article you'll see on PJ Media from Chris Queen. The dark side of Indonesia's tainted city. Killing workers. Just an excerpt. Nowhere is the a danger of the relentless push for EVs more evident than in the industrial village in Indonesia. The people who work at the Indonesia Morowal Industrial Park, IMIP, IMIP, they call it the tainted city because of the dangers of pollution involved in mining nickel at such a rapid rate to meet the demand for EVs. Built as a joint venture between China and Indonesia's industrial companies, uh, it is at the heart of Indonesia's push to supply the electric vehicle market with nickel, a core component of batteries. A once beautiful island now features a backdrop of plumes of brown smoke while pollution mars the air and the water around the island, the forests and seas where there's fishing are worthless and the communities on the island can't keep up with the crumbling infrastructure 
and the economic damage, the influx that the workers have brought. So that's what they've got going on in Indonesia so that you and I can drive our electric batteries. See, that's the whole thing. It's, a, it's the whole not-in-my-backyard thing. That's all it is. It's, it's, as long as they build it over there and destroy those countries and destroy those peoples, as long as we can feel good about driving electric vehicles, go for it. And that's the problem. That's wrong think. And yet another example of this whole madness of climate change. You're listening to Speaking Out, America. Welcome back to Speaking Out, America. I Did you hear the story? I'm not making this up, but did you hear the story about the guy in New York? Uh, there was a field trip, and these young kids were at a park playing, and a teacher's assistant uh, was there. And while nobody was looking, he went up to a kid, a young, I think it was a young boy, maybe five or six years old, and he took the told the boy, hey, take off your shoes so I can lick your feet. And then the kid took off his shoes and the guy proceeded to lick his feet and nobody noticed. Then he started telling him, let me lick your toes. This is an adult male, 25 years old. uh, And he uh, has been fired and he's been charged with a, a serious crime because you're not supposed to lick children's feet. Uh, that's, uh, I didn't realize there was a law about it, but at some point in American history, somebody needed to create a law, but it's disgusting. And I understand that the, uh, people who are supporting this man or, you know, they're, they've changed now this, this terminology. They used to call it pedophilia. You're a pedophiliac if you are attracted to young people. Well, in California now, and I think they've changed the terminology in New York as well, but they don't refer to those people as pedophiliacs anymore. They refer to them as some weird uh, child attraction syndrome. And it's uh, sort of a, you know, George, George Carlin used to joke about how we change things to make them easier to hear for our ears because, you know, for example, it used to be called when people would come back from war, uh, shell shock. Now they call it PTSD. It used to be called you were a pedophiliac. Now you're called a a, uh, a child uh, attracted to child syndrome. It's just, it's like it's the same thing. And people are getting sick of it all across our country right now. People are watching and they're and they're looking at their teachers and their student faculty and they're wondering why are you so adamant about inculcating children at a younger and younger age about transgender. And then when the media reports on it, especially the local media, they always make, like, for example, in in Florida, when the Don't Say Gay bill was around and people were discussing it, it had nothing to do with that. You know, if a gay teacher wanted to come to class and talk about what he did that weekend with his, his significant other, he could do that. But for some reason... It had to be allowed that he could mention 
that his husband was gay or he was gay or he was in a gay relationship or whatever. For some reason, people who are gay need to be constantly affirmed. They, it's like they need to come out of the closet at all times, oftentimes in the beginning of a conversation. Hi, I'm Steve. I'm gay. I mean, you might as well just wear it on your shirt, right? I mean, you might as well just put a shirt on that says, I like dick. And then maybe for the guys that don't like dick, they can put on, I like, you know, vagina. Why not just wear it on our shirts like name tags? Then we can dispense with all the formalities. You know, people would know exactly who we, lo- who we are, what we like, who we like to have sex with. And it, for whatever reason, it's important. It's so important to these people. In fact, it's so important to the legislators in New Hampshire that the school district created a policy where kids could use a bathroom associated with their gender identity that corresponds to their gender identity consistently asserted at school. So if you're Johnny and you feel like you're Susie and you want to use the girl's bathroom, here we go again, right? Here we go again. And the New Hampshire uh, school district said that's fine. Let's, let's let it happen. Uh, parents push back, though. The school changed the policy to make it a requirement that kids use the bathroom associated with their biological sex. Makes a lot of sense. But when trans activists objected, the school hit upon a compromise. Students would use the bathroom matched to their biological sex, but no urinals and no shared spaces in locker rooms. So in other words... No urinals, and boys and girls can go into each other's bathrooms. They still left it open. Under the new policy, the maximum occupancy for each bathroom and locker room will be capped at the number of stalls it contains. It has three stalls. There's only three people allowed in the bathroom. It also prevents students from using shared changing areas, gym lockers and so forth. The students demonstrated for about 45 minutes, and then they walked out. We want urinals. These are boys, heterosexual young men in high school saying, you know what? We want our urinals. We want to be able to come in, zip down, take care of business and be on our way. Now you think about them. Think of that for a moment. Think about the thought process that goes into a person's mind when they're sitting on a school board where they're trying to decide whether urinals are offensive to certain genders. In my entire 60 years of life that I have lived on this wonderful planet, I have never met anybody ever offended by a urinal. And I've never heard of anybody ever being offended by a urinal. What could possibly be offensive to a urinal? What does a urinal imply that would be discriminatory? You want to have a conversation about diversity, inclusion, equity? What does a urinal have to do with diversity, equity, and inclusion? Who isn't being included when you have a... So let me see if I get this right. This is how they think. And by the way, LGBTQ is a misnomer, and I'll explain that in a moment. If you're a a man, but you identify as a woman, and you walk into a bathroom and you see a, a urinal... Are you therefore being insulted or offended or made to feel less because there's a urinal and you're a woman or you you identify as a woman? 
This is what goes on in their minds. This is what people uh, who have nothing better to do sit around and think about all day, about who's going to be offended by what visual. And in this case, it's the visual of a urinal. Now, if I was a, a man or in a man's body and identified as a woman, I might see it as, a, as an advantage, uh, a time saver to be able to use a, a, a urinal, to have that ability to use a urinal on the fly, no, no pun intended. But this is where we are today. Now we have uh, uh, young high school students, males, who have to protest because the schools want to take, their, uh, take away their urinals. And yeah, no, it doesn't make sense. And the other thing that doesn't make sense is the entire acronym of LGBTQ because lesbian and gay are the same. They're just lesbians apply to women who like men or women and gay applies to men who like men. Bi means that you like men and women, but that doesn't mean you're gay or lesbian. And then you get into the trans where it's a whole new set of rules. It's who you identify as, but it doesn't declare who you're attracted to. You could be a trans man that likes men. So technically you would be gay, except for the fact that you identify as a woman. And the same is true for a woman who wants to be a man, but she may be attracted to men, but she's not heterosexual. I mean, you start thinking about it and you start breaking it down and you start to realize what kind of insanity we've gotten ourselves into here. You're listening to Speaking Out America. America. 